Welcome to the 35th edition of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. And we have a lot to talk about. Yes. So let's start off with some news. Mm -hmm. Um, just because we have to really jump into this. Okay. Now, I want to, before we get into the Q1 conference call, I want to talk about the Velveteen Dream. Yes. So, uh, we are fully aware that the accusation has been made with some credible-ish evidence right. um, regarding him sending illicit pictures of himself to underaged women. Yes. Um... I'm still taking the side personally of he was hacked. He said he was hacked, yes. and they found the photos, and they just released Did them. the hackers... did? But did the... The question then is, did the hackers send the photos? Yes. Okay. That is what he's saying. He's saying that he did not send the photo. Okay. But... The, there was verification, and I saw the photos, and I saw the screenshots. I'm right. not sure if you had the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. But basically, he was eliciting un... Like, he wanted, like, full nudes from these girls, too. And when they right. said no, he blocked them. Right. Um, That's what he said, right? Yes, this is from the screenshots from the messages that's surrounding him. So, okay. I believe that he has suspended his Instagram entirely. He's been very inactive on Twitter. And obviously, I believe he's going to be pulled from regular television for a couple of weeks until this thing dies down. Right. I'm not going to talk about it too much just because it's still a developing story. Right. Um, and then also the other one where there might be video evidence of him breaking into a car. Right. Um, that one was kind of weird. That one had video evidence, but it was like really choppy evidence. I don't think it was him. It was kind of yeah. weird. But right. Um, right now, Velveteen Dream is kind of in hot water. Right. Um, obviously, the court of public opinion has um, found him guilty. Has already found him guilty, right. But for me, I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to say I want to see... How it develops. Right, how it develops. Okay. If, if they find it, great, because they, they have found hackers who have done this. Right. It happens. Yes. Um, This is just a cautionary tale. Right. I think what a lot of people need to understand. Yes. Um, do not save your nudes on your phone. That's a good, that's a good word of advice. If you're going to do that, like, I don't mind if two consenting adults send nude photographs to each other. But put your, if you want to keep your nudes around, put them on a secure hard drive or mm -hmm. something. Don't just leave them on your phone. Don't just, yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm sure he's, I'm sure Velveteen is going to be fine. Yeah. Just a little bit of hot water. Yep. I'm pretty sure this is nothing, yes. but it's whatever. Um, but anyway, we will obviously keep a thumb on that. Right. But let us go through the WWE conference call. Yes, because this was actually, you know, because most conference calls are boring. But this was actually probably the most interesting conference calls I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Just based on, um, just based on what we have. Right. Um, uh, you know, would you would you like would you like to read the notes? Or yeah. Would you like me to? Uh, it doesn't okay, matter. So um, I guess some of the highlights, uh, the the financial impact was incredibly limited for Q1. Yep. I don't think they have all the numbers yet. No. Okay. Um, Nine point eight billion hours of content were consumed, which was an increase of fifteen percent. And that's across all platforms. Yeah. 
in every aspect. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like YouTube and and uh, Hulu, Facebook, whatever. Right. Facebook, Facebook Twitter, yep. YouTube, all of that. That's that's a lot. That's a huge. That's a lot of. That was a lot of content. Uh, Nine hundred sixty-seven million video views, which again, YouTube, Hulu. WWE right. Network, all those platforms, um, and twenty percent uh, increase. Yeah, twenty percent. That's, that's, that's a that's lot. Big numbers. Yeah, um, a two point. They have two point one million WWE Network subscribers. And if they retain it, it's going to be twenty million dollars a month. Uh, the two point one million dollar. Uh, subscriber count is including free subscribers. Right. Um, then there is also a uh, a record quarter revenue of two hundred ninety one million dollars. So that's Fucking a lot insane. of money. Thirteen point eight million video views for WrestleMania both nights. Now I don't know if that's like full episode or if that's just parts and pieces of it. But thirteen point eight million—that's a lot. Oh no, that was from that was like live viewers. Oh, live viewers for WrestleMania. Yes, for both times on wherever they were streaming it. Right. Accumulated, it was not thirteen point eight million views. Okay. Raw's viewers declined sixteen percent from the previous quarter. Which is interesting. Not I'm not sure. Well, well, it's interesting because for the most part, for most of that quarter, Raw was still live. Right. And in, in, in arenas. Um, the expenditures... Oh, sorry. Uh, it's all right. Oh, there was a savings of $4 million a month in headcount because of the limitation. So yep. um, from what it looks like, WWE cut back on their... Uh, you know, the wrestlers that were cut were those wrestlers that tended to be either utilized for live shows or on, um, you know, things like... Um, and, and, uh, this, and, this, and this means... Main w, events like or this, whatever. This is including house shows, pay-per-views... Right. Um, with the limitations that have been put on them. Right. So, you know, it's and, not... And what WWE has cut is, like, as far as their backstage stuff goes, they cut their live... They cut their traveling... Yep. Um, they're they're traveling producers could, and stuff like that. Yep. They're road they're road producers and all those because obviously if if you're not on the road you don't need them. The expend. All right, go ahead and read the next one because that actually gets into that. Yeah. So the expenditures project projections are forty million dollars. Um, that is expenditures for the production of the shows and stuff yep. like that, compared with a usual one hundred eighty million dollars. That's a lot of. That's a huge difference. That's a big savings. Um, it is said that Brock Lesnar is... He is obviously not in the U.S. right now, so they're not using him. But he is not... He, he's he's coming up to hit the end of his contract. So he's either going to be gone or they're going to renew. We don't know that for sure yet, but it sounds like Brock Lesnar, for the, for the time being, is kind of done. Yep. Um, even McMahon on the conference call has stated that they are not sure with Lesnar yet. Right. Um, but obviously developing, and this is only the Q1. Right. Uh, so the WWE house shows are confirmed that they are going to slowly fade those out. Yep. So they won't go to the small arenas and do productions like they used to, mm -hmm. just because it's a huge um, it's a huge cost for very little headway. Right. It 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 the only the only thing that they get out of it essentially are are bonus 
bonuses and merchandise sales. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're going to fade that out because they've lost money on it for years. And with the way that things are right now, going to arenas like that is going to be among the last thing that people get used to doing. So right. uh, it sounds like that they were working on fading house shows out, but now I think this just gives them a way to do it. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is um, WrestleMania might be a two-night event from now on. Yes. Now, whether you love it or you hate it, um, Vince McMahon and Triple H and all those people high up, they found WrestleMania this year to be very easily digestible. And we, we both agree with that 100%. Yeah. It was so... It was so easy to watch, right? And I cannot wait for them to do that from now on because obviously New Japan started this trend, right? Um, and if they're going to take, if they're there, if their goal is to have NXT taken seriously, mm -hmm. they're going to have to do the two nighter because I think they're going to sniff takeovers mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, especially with the big four. I think they're just going right. to say part of the Survivor Series is that we're going to have NXT involved right. in that stage. They'll probably still have takeovers like in between. Right. But I, I think for the most part, I think they're going to do WrestleMania for two nights. And also, I heard the um, production and the wrestlers, they were very happy with that right. too. It's like, oh, we can, you know, go and hang out now. Because right. Because it's only a four-hour event instead of an eight-hour event. Right. So... Um, I'm, I'm, that was like kind of the highlights. There were a lot, there was a lot more nuances with that, but I didn't want to make this like, uh, you know, a 30 minute part. Right. We kind of went that, we kind of went through that quickly, but this is just a highlight. Um, right. My, my impression mm -hmm. of the WWE conference call and people have projected this even before COVID hit was WWE is projected to make its first one billion dollars in revenue nice. this year and i think they're they're on they're on the fast track to it no but this is first quarter second right. quarter is not gonna look good for them they you are think so? no they're not gonna make the revenue that they made in q1 mm. okay and the only reason I say that is because obviously they're not touring and doing shows and stuff right that's where a lot of revenue comes from is those is is the is sales. the ticket sales right ticket sales are going to be decimated i don't oh, yeah. think they're going to make a billion dollars this year who knows we actually might be um doing this highlight thing for the quarterly conference calls as just a in general part. but what we saw it was just interesting to hear from from the wwe especially now because we need to they want to know what's happening raw's viewership declining the the only thing that wwe cares about is the actual like the two billion dollars in right. revenue that oh, they get from usa the one, from the, nbc right the one thing that i did not even put on these notes and i should have i was being lazy um the saudi arabia situation oh yeah so saudi arabia um so they do two shows a year in saudi arabia it is unlikely that they're going to go back to saudi arabia this year yep. but they'll just tack that show on to the end of the contract yep. so this isn't going to nix the saudi shows but i don't see they they don't see themselves going back there anytime this year right exactly so we're, we'll really have to see what's going on there um, there wasn't really anything as a part of merchandise. I think there was like a slight increase from merchandise sales. I think so, but um, you know, I, I think for across the board, they really push merchandise though. Um, 
the expenditures for like marketing went down slightly, but it was like it was very minuscule. I think right. it was like ten or fifteen percent. And here's the thing too, is that I don't think they're gonna make as much in revenue, but obviously their expenses just cut got they're, cut. They're cut like by at least sixty percent. Oh yeah. Like, it's insane. Yeah, how much they're saving just by being there. I mean, they could do no house shows and make more money. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm thinking that the money that they're going to be, like, saving is, like, more of a net profit for them than right. anything. And I think they're going to really focus on that. So maybe we will um, keep our tabs on for the Q2 yeah. and kind of see what the trajectory is right. with, uh, between Q1 and Q2. Right, because obviously, for, like I said, for most of Q1, it was oh, business also, as usual. Also, um, they have at least somewhat confirmed that uh, Tampa is going to be in the talks for WrestleMania, for WrestleMania 38. Yep. Um, just... I think it should be an automatic. I think it's ridiculous that they're going to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. Um, I've heard talks as well that they want to continue to work with the NFL. And yep. because the Gronk is the current 24-7 champion, they even possibly want Tom Brady to get involved. Oh, yeah. Which I think would be a huge thing. And obviously, they don't have the XFL anymore. That right. thing was sniffed it out of existence. Yes, and see, that's that's where, you know, Vince McMahon kind of lost his shit. And and if you notice, too, um, they, had, they had reported on Vince's behavior backstage yep. after the XFL. They said he's a lot more willing to let the wrestlers have more control over their character. Right. Because um, Triple H was the one that produced the Boneyard match, and um, that's why it was so good. And, and Vince just said, just don't screw it up. Right. Um, kind of the same thing with... Uh and they said the Firefly Funhouse, right? Match. And they said that they're going to do more matches like that as well. I'm I'm so pumped for that. Yeah, especially just because, like, I mean, even Impact Wrestling did it. We'll talk about that later. Obviously, um, with Rebellion happening, Part One happening last night, we'll cover Rebellion in its entirety next week. Yes, but um, the thing it was is that it was so greatly produced and honestly this trend started with the hardys right with their budget and they like struck gold right but the thing is is that it has to be a very special match right you can't do it like every pay-per-view because then you lose its credibility right. as a thing but bring in a legend and do something like that right. or whatever build a huge match even do it in i would love to see a saudi arabia match or two like that mm -hmm. that would be so wicked cool what the yeah. fuck are you doing i don't know will you stop no no the bad yeah all right, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how quarter two shapes up to be, yeah. but I thought it was very interesting I mean, other, to see other that. Other than that in Velveteen, there wasn't really a whole lot of news no. regarding anything. Um, Every promotion that I am aware of are still 100% in business. Right. Um, Nothing wrong, including Ring of Honor and stuff. Uh, but they're just not producing shows, right? That's out. That's it. And I think a lot of I, guess I think I think a lot of these. So as these states start opening up, I think we'll see a lot of wrestling promotions start to do shows again. Um, obviously, no crowd, but right. they'll start producing content here as states open up and mm -hmm. they're allowed to go back to work. Right. Um, a lot of people are nervous about it, and obviously, we're not a COVID nineteen podcast, but I think we should at least bring it up. 
that they're going to be starting to open up states mm-hmm. really soon. And a lot of people are worried, but at the same time, I don't think you should be. Well, again, it's it's just that, you know, you go outside and think that the entire world is contaminated when the reality is it's not. Right. It just you just need to be more careful. But they're not, you know, they're they're not going to do live events, I think, until later on this yep. year. I don't see it happening at a minimum. So um, anyways, I think we'll just go to break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Dino Bravo episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. And we are back. Uh, So with the news done, let's talk about the Dark Side of the Rings episode with uh, the assassination of Dino Bravo. Yes. As a um, main state. Now, a lot of things that I did not know about this whole situation was very prevalent, and I was, you know, we could really expand on this episode. Our discussion's going to be different. Right. But um, I think we should do a thing about wrestler's ego. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. Because Dino Bravo, I mean, he was an okay-ish wrestler. Yeah, he... And also, he booked himself. Right. Like, in, in, the, in the Quebec area. Yeah. So... And then, you know, he went to the WWF, people weren't responding to him, and he thought he was, like, a much bigger star, and, you know, politics aside, like, dude. He, he wasn't very big. No. No. I mean, he looked good. He had like yeah. a, He had, like, a good physique, and I think with the right push, he could have been something. But if, it's, if the cards are not on the table, why would you, why would you go against your boss in that situation? Right. Especially at that time. Um, and Pina Gallery, I'm not sure how, like, versed you were with Dino Bravo before I this episode. I heard the name, but that's about it. Okay. Um, what, what did you get out of this episode? What was the thing that really captivated you, um, about this? And do you think it was the right idea to cover it with Dark Side of the Ring? I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I thought the episode was very well produced and things, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a story that I was as familiar with, you know, like, like the Chris Benoit situation or things like that. I wasn't very familiar with Dino Bravo or what happened to him. Right. And what happened to him really was not – it wasn't – it wasn't – related to wrestling issues right so i don't know if it belonged on dark side of the ring but it was certainly an interesting uh interesting look now if he was involved in it while he was still wrestling that'd be one thing but he retired from wrestling before this whole mafia thing came into being and i don't think they covered it as much as i think they should have i don't think so either they really did not i think they were trying to skirt a line because obviously the mafia is that underground thing where there is a lot of power influence right so that, I, I don't think a lot of people understand. right and I, I you know i wish they went into more detail about the families and kind of what they did and you know why there was an illegal trade of cigarettes going on because i you know i don't i don't live in canada i don't know the laws um basically cigarettes were astronomically expensive even at that time he was basically Going to the natives directly oh. and selling them on the streets, which is illegal across the world, right. especially for tobacco products. Right. So um, basically, it was like they already explained it, but it was like, okay, at that time in 1980, whatever, or ni- the early 90s, they had it like at like five American dollars a pack yeah. already. Where Dino Bravo was selling the same amount for $2.50 because he could buy them at wholesale right. and rake in that money. 
Right. I see. And those were the kinds of things that I wasn't aware of. So it was hard for me to kind of get into that. But I think they should have emphasized that more than even like his wrestling career. But right. I understand it's called Dark Side of the Ring. You know, that the wrestling component has to be in there. But his death had almost nothing to do with the wrestling business. Right. It wasn't as well connected. If they defined those connections a little bit better, I think I would have been more engaged. Right. Right, right. Um, I, I totally get it, but at the same time, I think it was significant enough because this was a pro wrestler right. enveloped in a controversy a controversy that had nothing to do with the professional wrestling business, mm -hmm. and I believe that well, – I think they covered what they could fairly well, mm -hmm. but like I said, with the mafia, you're opening up a can of worms that you might not be able to even close. Right. And um, so I do recommend watching it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a really good episode, and I think really they focused on Dino. The one thing that I really got out of it was the ego of Dino oh, yes. Bravo. And obviously there have been politicking, but I think a lot of people don't realize how much – he basically quit. He right. quit WWE because he thought he was a top guy. Right. Where it's like, okay – you were you, you, were, you were wrestling. Guy. You were wrestling some regional promotions in Quebec, and you were booking them. Right. It was international wrestling, which was huge up there, and he was the booker. Right. Of course, he was the most popular guy. He was booking himself to win. Right. And we've covered people with egos before, like Antonio Noki, obviously Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, and right. the whole clique. But this one, I think a lot of people didn't know. And this right. is no disrespect to him or his family. And speaking of his family, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Woo! Get my eye. Guy, I love you some of, the, some that, of that get, Frenchie. Getting that tiger blood moving, man. <laughs> okay. Easy, big fella. <laughs> right. <laughs> but my thing was is that I think he was just a little too big for his britches. And there's a point in time that – you need. He was not a humble man no. to that point. No, and when he got the some of that WWF money, he was raking in the big bucks. Right. He was. He was living a very lavish lifestyle, and he, and then when he quit the WWF, obviously, so did the the money also dried up. Mm -hmm. So what happens? You know, when you have a big house and all these bills to pay, and and you know, he was related to, I believe, the top mafia guy in Quebec at the time. Right. Um, I think it was through marriage. I could I, be very I much mistaken. Know. I think his sister married into the family, so he oh. knew. But um, – and that's how he got into the business. But Dino Bravo, once again, this is one of those situations where he did not take a paycheck from anything right. else other than wrestling. He started wrestling at 23. Mm -hmm. He wrestled throughout his whole life up until the so very he end. Never, he never knew how to take a paycheck from something. And he didn't have all the skills necessary either. Right. He he did wrestling because right. at that time wrestling was a very high paying job and right. it still is to this day. Right. Um. And you're right. He I think he um overspent to what he could really afford for the most part. Right. And you know I I understand you know you you're a younger person or whatever you know Dino Bravo was I think like getting into his forties when he went to WWF anyway. Anyway. Yeah, but he he has, his ego was way too big. Right. You know. The one thing that I really got out of it, and a lot of people even said it in this episode, was be firm about who you are. Right. But you need to have some um, humility. You You're need right. to be humble. Right. 
And I think a lot of people need to realize that, especially in not just in wrestling, but in anything, it's fine to be a little assertive, but right. you need to have some kind of humbleness to yourself. Right. Because you need to relay the situation where, oh shit, you know, I, I need to realize where I came from. Right. Obviously, you don't start on the top. You right. You need to get this. And if you work for somebody else, you're not the boss anymore. Right. You need to kind of say, okay. I need to listen to what the booker tells me. Right. Obviously, be firm. And right. McMahon has always been open about right. storylines and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people have come out and said that. Yes. But Dino Bravo's problem was he was not. Right. He was like, I should be a main eventer, but I'm not going to go to my boss and say, can I work a program maybe in when we go back to Canada, can I work a program with like a Hulk Hogan right. and see how people respond? Right. And I think McMahon would have been more than happy to do that. But he just isn't, he just was not humble enough to realize that. Right. And, you know, obviously the frustration and with the situation to where he had the connections in the mafia already. Yeah. I'm not sure if he would have done the Mafia thing in the first place. Right. So, you know, he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He had a young family at the time. Right. He needed to provide for them. I understand why he did it. I just think I, – I think this is just a lesson for right. everybody. That you wouldn't if you're the boss, fine, whatever, right. go for it. But when you work for somebody, you have to have even when you're the boss, you need to be humble. Right. Don't talk down to anybody. Don't think you're all that in a bag of chips because guess what? Nobody is. Right. Nobody is all that in a bag of chips. Right. So that's what I got out of it. I like the episode personally. I definitely recommend it. His daughter is really attractive. Like, hey. Right. Especially with that French accent. Ugh. Right. I might need to go and uh, I need to go into the bathroom for like 15 minutes and get that old tire blood flowing. Okay. <laughs> so when we come back from break, I swear to God, it won't be 15 minutes. No. We'll do the. Uh, we are going to discuss some other scandals that rocked the wrestling business. So uh, wrestlers that had a scandal that was, for the most part, outside of the wrestling industry. Right. That's kind of what I want to. So there we go. Yeah.
And part number three! Yay! And now we are going to, with the Dino Bravo, we're going to discuss a couple of different um, right. outside the wrestlers controversies that we know of. Right. Let's at least get the elephant out of the room. Hulk Hogan sex tape. Yes. Hulk Hogan saying the N-word. Yes. D during the sex tape and the Gawker lawsuit. Yes. Um, obviously, that is probably one of the biggest ones in the last 30 years. Yep. Um, Hulk Hogan. And it's one that a lot of people, I think, know about because it was Hulk Hogan. And then, also, he put Gawker out of business, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Oh, and Hulk Hogan did not fund that. A capital group that right. had a vested interest on taking Gawker down funded, funded, his... funded his lawsuit. Right. And I can't remember how much Hogan got, but it was, like, a stupid amount of money. Right. And... Good on him. I think I think the world is better that Gawker does not exist anymore for the most part. Yeah. Um, we already have TMZ. <laughs> right, right. We already have TMZ. I think they're a little more of a credible thing. Yeah. It I, just I, thought, I don't think there's. I don't think they do the more raunchy things like what right. Gawker was doing. Right. Um, Hogan obviously plowed the. Um, Wife of Bubba the Love Sponge. Right. Which is an which is a sentence I couldn't even make up if I tried. Yeah. He said the N-word, and I think I agree with Hogan that okay, number one, it's a it was a private conversation. Right. It was the same thing with like Donald Trump and grab them by the pussy. Right. That was a private conversation. It was a private conversation. Right. And people have gone out and said that Hogan is not racist. Right. And maybe he was he was he was in a very because, different place. Right, right. Too. Because you know, you have to remember too that he was just frustrated. Um, I think it was a daughter who dated who yes. dated she um, was she was dating a black guy and he she wanted it was like, Oh, well, why don't you do this? And he was he was in a different place mentally, right? Too. Um, I think this was like a couple of months after the really public and really nasty divorce from Linda, right? Which was just brutal, right? Especially for him, like you could tell, like he was spiraling out of control, and um, his son got into that car wreck as yep. well. You know, I, I just think, like, that accumulation, I could tell he wasn't in the right frame of mind, right? And you know. I I still do believe I have a lot of respect for Hogan right. as a man, and I think this was just a moment of weakness. Right. Where he said some things that he did not agree with. He was very public about it right. too, and I think part of the thing was he really took responsibility for what he did. Right. And also at the same time, he used that word because. I think part of it also was how he grew up. He right. grew up on the South Beaches of California. He was around African Americans all the time. And right. they used that word as friend. Right. So maybe they it's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe it was misinterpreted. Right. But I think Hogan taking responsibility for it and really going above and beyond right. was the right call. And obviously that's the biggest one. Right. And I'm just gonna say I'm glad that he did what he did. Right. So not fucking right. his friend and saying the n-word, right. but taking full responsibility. Right. It's called accountability. Right. You set your seat. He's like, I can't fight this. Right. I was in a different place in mind. I am terribly sorry. I'm gonna go after you because you leaked that. Right. This was a private conversation 
Fuck you, Gawker. The world is better. All right, so let's talk <laughs> about some other ones. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Yes. Obviously, Shawn Michaels had a mouth back in the day. <laughs> and um, the biggest thing was is that he was, and this was confirmed, that he lipped off yeah. to some Marines. Mm -hmm. He got his ass kicked. And his leg, I think he, um, I think he hurt his leg oh. with the altercation. Yeah. So he gave up the Intercontinental Champion and the infamous "I Lost My Smile." Right. And he actually was considering leaving wrestling at that time. This is right, but isn't this right before he, uh, he was gone for four years? Yes, this was I think like a year or two before the back injury. Right. That because put the, him out for yeah, four years. The back injury was a direct injury in wrestling. Right. Um, it was a casket match with the Undertaker. He just like landed right on the edge of the casket, and it right. was really brutal. Um, but no, this was another one where WWE kind of swept this under the rug because they're like, we really want to push this guy, right. but he's kind of an asshole. And Michaels has already said, he's like, yeah, I was a dick. I was in a different place. Well, yeah. I mean, this was, he was, he was on stuff. He was, he was drinking. He was on mm -hmm. drugs, on pills. And, and during those four years, obviously he became born again Christian and he got off all that stuff. Right. And then he, that's when he came back into wrestling. Right. Um, so, yeah, this was the different Shawn Michaels. This isn't the Shawn Michaels that we're all used to. If you're, yes. if you were born in the 2000s or anything, or if you started watching in the 2000s after Shawn Michaels came back, we're not talking about that Shawn Michaels. We're talking about the one before. Yep. Um, let's talk about Maven. Yes. Now, this one, this one is a little bit smaller, but I think a lot of people were kind of there. Thank God he, he went to rehab. Right. So he's good. But he was arrested for doctor shopping right. for his addiction to opioids. And 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 explain to the audience what doctor shopping is. Basically doctor shopping is that you go to multiple pharmacies and you go to multiple doctors to write the same prescription multiple times so you mm -hmm. can get like instead of one thing of steroids you get five. Right. That is a felony here yes, in the United States. It is. He was caught. He served his time 5 years in federal prison for mm -hmm. doctor shopping. He went to rehab, which obviously WWE funded, mm -hmm. and I am at least proud to say that he is clean and sober. Right. So good. There we go. Yay. Um, it, it was a little bit of a controversy because right. of what was going on, and people blame the WWE, obviously, because they are the big, bad company. And this, you know, again... Um, we'll save that one for last. Right. We'll, we'll save oh. this one for last. Okay. Um, let's talk about another one that's pretty recent, Ted DiBiase and his son's embezzlement scandal. Right. So what it was is Brett and Ted were uh, were indicted for embezzling $2.1 million of federal welfare uh, money from the state of, of Mississippi through a ministry that yes. they were running. So um, obviously Ted DiBiase is, I think he currently is a minister mm -hmm. now. Um, and so it, was, it, it, it was, is what it is. I mean, it was, it was, it was for the most part brett yes who did the majority of it but it went through ted dibiase's ministry yes so that's why he is involved also brett dibiase did wrestle for um florida championship wrestling. yes he did um he was addicted to drugs i'm not sure if there was any prison time for it no but he wasn't called up to the main roster like his brother uh dibiase jr mm-hmm Right. right. Um, and then Ted DiBiase, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is still ongoing because that's still a pretty recent one yeah. too. But this one was interesting because it kind of involves a lot of things. Yeah. 
with the whole religion embezzling this welfare money from the state. Yeah. Like, I mean, why are you, why is, number one, why is the state of Mississippi giving a charity, a ministry, $2.1 million of federal welfare? That's weird. Oh, well, I asked Mississippi for you. <laughs> Maybe Mississippi should be investigated as well because that's, that's a, that's a little fishy. Yeah, it's like there's a little wall there between church and state. Yeah, that's that's just as fishy. Like, come on, but, that's, yeah. that's weird. That's weird. And it has been confirmed it was welfare money. It was through the state. Right. Um, They did not steal it. It was donated to the ministry. Right. I think it was for a specific charity. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. So but, I think but but it was funded through the Debiasi ministry to go to the charity. Right. But they didn't do it to the charity. Right. Essentially they just stole two point one million dollars from the state. Right. And that's why they were embezzled. Right. So uh let's talk about the final one which we gotta talk about more in depth is the Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin sex scandal from 1992. All right. So tell us the story. So they were uh, – Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin were uh, charged, found guilty, and were I, – I don't believe they were indicted more so because this was another WWF cover-up. Right. And this is – isn't this one where Vince McMahon actually was called to court – to be a witness or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we'll actually get to that, too. Um, basically, what Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin did was they were using their power and influence against uh, the Ring Boys. Mm -hmm. Because at this time, the wrestlers were not responsible for breaking down and lifting it. So they had volunteer younger people – it was boys and girls mm – -hmm. to um, – set up the ring, set up the live events, and take it down right. for the opportunity to get free tickets or meet the wrestlers or get booked later in life and right. blah, blah, blah. They used their influence because at this time, Pat Patterson was – I can't remember what he was specifically. He was high up. Right. He was like a Vince McMahon right-hand man and Terry Garvin, kind of the same thing. I think he was more of the accounting portion of it. Right. But they used that power – to touch, have sex with, like, oh, what are you going to do for specifically young boys? Right. They never went after girls. They went after boys because both of them are open homosexuals. Openly, openly right. homosexual. Um, Tim Cole, who was, I believe, a ring announcer, Mari Hodgson, and Barry O, Barry Orton, the uncle of Randy Orton, yeah. filed the lawsuits Against the WWF for sexual misconduct and covering up. Were they were they the victims or were they yes. they were victims yes. of this? Um, okay. Barry O, I believe his incident happened in 1979. Okay. He was he was not touched, but he was coerced. It's like if you want to get booked, you gotta do something for me. Right, because and that was, Pat and that was Patterson and yeah, because they so Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin they were high up in the company at the time. I don't think that they were head bookers, but they were they were pretty close to Vince. Yes, they could they could really and push, so they, they could, could really use that yep. right. They could use that influence. Say, hey Vince, book this guy. Yep, uh, Tim Cole was like I said, uh, I think he was a play by play guy for backstage. Like, oh, let's do right. a recap, and. Basically, it's like, oh, if you want to keep your job, if you want to do this, you got to go and sleep with me. Literally, that's right. what happened. And he said no, and then he was fired. Right. He was fired, too. Right. And the same thing with uh, Mari, where he 
Um, he was just basically he was a ring boy, and right. I think he was grabbed into the junk by Terry Garvin. Ah, so they all sued. Mm -hmm. They were um, they were on the uh, Phil Donahue show, yes. which was uh, it was like a Jerry Springer before Jerry Springer. Right, this was in the early nineties. Right, I recommend watching it because um, uh, oh god, who was it? Dave Meltzer. Ah. Dave Meltzer was on this. And his mullet is the most fantastic thing that you will ever see in your life. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and Mr. McMahon was actually participating in that as well. He was on the show. Oh. He was front line. He's like, um, and they also fired Garvin and Pat Patterson. Right. But they brought Patterson back. Right. Um, which was another scandal. Right. And it's like, these people don't work for us anymore. We're investigating. We're doing an inner investigation. It never happened. Right. There was no, yeah, yep. they, they didn't do an internal investigation. Yep. Um, the evidence was too kind of up in the air. So essentially nobody, for the most part, was charged. Right. But if this has been on record that a lot of wrestlers knew that this was happening. Right. This is one of those situations where you know it's happening, but right. this is the wrestling business, so you don't tell anybody. Right. It's like, don't ask, don't tell. Right. And, you know, like I said, this is a much different time. Right. You need to realize this is almost 30 years ago. Right. That's insane. God damn it, I feel old. <laughs> But anyway, so the result was they got the the case was thrown out for yep. a lack of evidence. Um, obviously, that was not a good decision to make. It was very controversial back then. Um, but that's kind of that. Yeah, that's a big one. Oh yeah, and also definitely watch the Donahue. And there are other YouTube channels that really went into depth about this, this. Right, right. We could do literally a whole episode on this sex scandal. Um, it might be something that we could do later. Yeah, but you know, again, we—that's not our place to do something like that at the, at this point in time. Right. I wonder if it's going to be the subject for another Dark Side of the Ring. Maybe. Well, not in this season. No. No. No, um, not in this season. But it, you know, maybe in the next season. Absolutely. Um, but we'll see kind of what happens. But so yeah, those are those are a couple of them. There are a lot more, but like I said, time's a factor. Right. Time, time is definitely a factor, and I think we covered a lot of good things. Right. On this, and you know, we never know. We might go into more in depth, but we just kind of you know broad brush and we'll go into. So it what's next week's episode? Next week's episode is uh, David Schultz and the slap heard around the world okay and the topic that we're going to do because there's plenty of evidence for that and i actually want to introduce something cool right and i'll let you know but i'll let the people know um journalists ah. versus professional wrestlers okay um you know we could talk about nancy grace right we could talk, and, we could talk about a lot of different right aspects right of and that that might have to wait a little bit longer because of course next week we also have to do both nights of rebellion yes. so i think what we'll do is nix the topic and then just do the do dark the right. do the dark side of the ring it's, it's plus. a topic it's a topic that we're going to do because i want to do something really cool for that yeah one. but if you haven't seen it David Schultz, it was, oh, God, it was so good. Um, I can't wait for the episode. Yeah. And um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. So thank you guys for listening. If you did enjoy it, go ahead and share it wherever you're listening on. We're on, you know, Pocket Cast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Um, we did get the Stitcher, by the way. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, this is actually going to be the first episode. Yay. On Stitcher, which is neat. 
Um, and you know, we have all of our social medias. Talk to us. We love getting recommendations for shows. Right. So if you're like, hey, let's talk about this. If we really like that, if we're like, man, we can really sink our teeth into that, we'll cover it. Right. And also, if you want to watch um, pay-per-views with us, join, become a patron. Yeah. I think it's like 50 bucks a month, and you get to watch every pay-per-view in its entirety with us. We do, we'll do a post-show. We'll talk. Um, you'll have a more of an influence on us mm -hmm. on if you we if you want to cover something specific, right? And there's a lot of cool things. Go ahead and check it out. All the links are in the description of every episode that we're on. And as always, be majestic. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast, a majestic production. If you enjoyed this program. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms. Links in the description section of wherever you're watching this. We are on all channels. We will be doing this once at least a week. And we will let you know when we go live. Also, if you want to support us further and get great exclusive content, including watch parties, merchandise, signings, and any and all future shows become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash majestic p that again is patreon.com forward slash majestic p thank you guys for watching enjoy the rest of your day evening or morning and as always be majestic <laughs>